both fired up from I I mean we haven't discussed our feelings on the episode I think I know you well enough to know how you feel about this week's episode of Challenge War of the Worlds 2 interesting but before we get into our thoughts and opinions I'm John Chidley Hill and I am a very very tired Sheldon Alexander Yes, and this is You Killed It, the tired podcast about the challenge. We're both burning the candle at both ends with the Raptors playing in the Pacific time zone and with work stuff. And I mean, I have a very busy day of going to not one, but two gala events in the same day. It's it's hard out there for a gangster. Yeah, big time. time I like it. I like it. It's so funny because I know, like, nobody really cares about us. Like, what? Like, nobody gives a fuck, right? It's like, we just just no. talk about the damn show. But the funniest part was it was about 2.30 in the morning, and I finished editing the post-game show. I'm posting it to whatever platforms, all that fun stuff. And at that moment, I have a decision to make. And it's, do I go to bed at that point? And then wake up an hour earlier to watch the challenge and then do this pod. Or do I watch the show, the challenge, at 2.30 in the morning, pretty much 3, and then then take the notes, then just enjoy sleeping until I'd have to just roll over, wake up, and then start recording this podcast. Again, I understand yeah. that nobody cares, <laughs> but at that I moment, it's Sheldon. a massive, massive decision to make. <laughs> and I'll say, luckily, I stayed up and just watched the challenge and took notes because my uploads failed <laughs> like <Ooh>. twice. <laughs> so luckily, I was up watching the challenge anyway, so I could just like restart it and like troubleshoot it and figure out what was wrong. But I was just like, of course, right? Of course. But here we are. Of course, it's it's worth noting that when you tweeted about that, I, f- I faved it because I was also awake. So that goes to show. I also have to say, there's just like a slight delay when I just answered your comment because I was yawning. So that's, that's where we're at. But hey, as we mentioned last week, the, the best part about the challenge so far in doing this podcast is that the episodes have been so good that despite how tired I am, when I go to watch or whenever we, you know, get on the line to, to do the pod, I'm so excited right away just because it's like, okay, let's get to this because these people are pissing me off. <laughs> oh, my God. They, I, 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 will, I will say they're not all pissing me off. There are definitely people left on the show who I still like. For sure. And respect. It's a dwindling number, though. <laughs> and let's let's start with Cara uh, Maria's bow- sour, bitter tour continues. So obviously, as they've done every uh, episode this season, we pick up exactly where we left off. Basically, we only missed the bus ride back from the Proving Grounds. Yeah. Tori and Jordan, understandably, still pumped about their engagement, which at this point is like maybe an hour old like they're tori's still in shock and everyone is genuinely happy for mm-hmm. them and their engagement except your girl cara maria yeah who gets into like 
Infowars level conspiracy theories <laughs> about how she feels it was a false flag, that it was all staged. She suggested that they're already married. Like, holy shit, Kara. Like, this is such a bad look. I don't know if you saw this. Okay. But Kara has lost 17,000 followers on Instagram in the past week. Is that for real? people are... <laughs> yeah, that is a real number. It might be more. I read that stat last night before this aired. So maybe she's lost another, like, 20,000. <laughs> like, so bitter. It's so funny because... I just don't understand it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and especially the way that Polly's handling it is so contrast to Kara that it makes me wonder, like, at first I would have been like, oh, she's just doing it for the show. She's trying to, like, build up, you know, some beef between her and Polly and Jordan and Tori. But that doesn't appear to be what's going on either. Like, not that I was no. making excuses for her, but I was kind of like holding out, not hope, but maybe she's just not that nice of a person, right? Or maybe there's some other explanation. Like, you can't be that much of a Scrooge that you don't like what's going on. But instead, no, she's that salty and saying that, you know, oh, there's no way that they did that and it wasn't planned and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, he just did an elimination. I don't know how you plan an elimination proposal in terms of like, okay, so I'm going to (laughs) win. Like, how do you plan that all out? Like I'm going to go into the elimination and then I'm going to win and then I'm going to propose. And it's like, of course that would take some level of planning because you have to have the ring for sure. But I just don't get her thinking that it's that contrived that, you know, it would play. I don't know. It's just really weird to me. I don't understand it. And even though it's Kara and I don't like Kara, I was still hoping that there's some other explanation and she's just a salty bitch. Pardon my French. So, <laughs> that's fine. This is a Canadian podcast. French is allowed half the time. Oh, yeah. I just uh, realized, like, that's a saying that gets said a lot in, like, for <laughs> us. But Americans are probably like, wait, what? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> Why did you just say that? Anyways. <laughs> Pas de problème. Je suis maudit anglais. Um... <laughs> What is happening? Our, like, our, like our four French listeners are laughing. Um, <laughs> I heard um, a little birdie told me before this season began, mm-hmm. it was already public knowledge that uh, Tori and Jordan got engaged in this season. And a little birdie told me that Kara was super, super pissed about it. I didn't know that it was going to like play out like it has. Mm-hmm. I like I didn't know that Kara would be so open about her bitterness, but apparently the bitterness stems from the fact that Kara was hoping Polly would propose on the challenge. <laughs> and like now basically if you think about it, no one can ever get engaged on the challenge again, right? Like yeah. cuz it's just going to be like, "Oh, you're just biting uh uh why am I blanking on the names? Tori and Jordan. Like you're just you're just so, fighting their style. Here here's the thing though, right? Like how many people like I know that, you know, that that would be, you know, Kara's Kara's ultimate move. But I always I always felt that it was Polly that was more focused on 
you know, the fake relationship side of it in terms of using Kara to boost his sort of standing within the reality TV world. I always thought that was Pauly's move. And maybe if that's the case, this is the maximum of it or the max of it in terms of Pauly. Like, he's like, well, I'm not going to propose to her. And, yeah, you know, if you're Kara on the flip side, even if you did want Pauly to propose, wouldn't that be kind of worse that you're mad that someone else did it before you on the challenge? Like, that kind of would make, you know, like you being jealous of that fact and not happy for them. Wouldn't that make your wanting of an engagement more contrived and silly and stupid and phony? Yeah. Because you're not absolutely. worried about like you didn't get proposed to. You're worried that you didn't get proposed to on the challenge. That seems stupid to me. Well, but I, it yeah. is stupid. There, <laughs> there's no defending. There's no defending Kara's behavior. Yeah. Like the fact that they had an engagement party mm-hmm. and she made a point of sitting out, like that's terrible. It's not just incredibly rude, mm-hmm. but it's also I can't this is such a weird season that I'm in these weird positions where I have to like back up Polly of all people, but it's putting Polly in a shitty position. Yeah. Cuz he's doing the right thing and I saw uh, I read an interview um of Jordan and Tori where they were asked like did anyone's reaction surprise you and they both obviously cited Kara and Jordan said like man Polly had put me into an elimination 90 minutes before I was like before I proposed yeah and yet he still came over shook my hand congratulated me and was genuinely happy for me yeah and he's right like Polly's conducting himself the proper way. Maybe Polly's not thrilled about it either, but we can't tell. Yeah. Like Polly seems genuinely happy, and at the engagement party that they throw for uh, Tori and Jordan, Tori says to Polly, "Hey, where's Kara?" Because of course, there's only like twenty. There's seventeen people left in the house. Not even seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. There's seventeen people left in the house. Of course, you're gonna notice one of them missing. Yeah. And Polly's in the awkward position of having to say, oh, she's probably still getting ready. Like, I know he was, like, half kidding. (laughs) But, like, way to put your, like, way to throw your partner under the bus. Yeah. Like, you might not be happy. Fucking stay for half an hour. You know what I mean? Like, put your own shit aside. Yeah. But that speaks to Kara's maturity level. Totally. And maturity level is probably the right way to phrase it. And I think Nani also sums it up nicely where she says Kara needs to sort out the root of her misery because she's unable to separate the game from reality and I think that that's such a great point like you're on a reality TV show I understand that you know you're playing a game for a bunch of money and I understand that there's beefs that go back however many different seasons heck there might even be things that have happened that we don't know about in real life or outside of the game or whatever right But to, in that moment, know that that is, like, a life-altering moment that you guys just witnessed. And to take, I hate that the the word petty and the level of petty is, like, something of, like, internet speak now and becomes, like, such a term that gets overused. But the level of petty that Kara shows, it's, like, such a, like, crazy level that I, I don't even, I just don't get it. Like, how do you not feel like such a chump? 
<laughs> right? <laughs> like, they're getting married. Everyone else in the house is there. You'd Even if you just went and, like, sat and had a drink with everyone else or just sat there, like, nobody's saying you have to, like, you know, be their best friends and, like, give a speech like Zach did. But just show up like a normal human being. Have normal human being emotions that aren't just so completely selfish and so bitchy, to be honest. I don't know. I thought yeah. it was just terrible. And I wrote down, like, she's the absolute worst. The absolute worst. She is. And you know what is even worse is Car is no longer on Twitter. Okay. But she's had like this was filmed like five months ago six months ago like she has had six months to think about this mm -hmm. think about the situation and she has not issued an apology and i'm not saying that she needs to apologize to jordan and tori but like there where's the accountability like surely after six months you could look back maybe even watching how bad you look on like these past two episodes and maybe say on Instagram, you know what? I'm embarrassed. Like I'm embarrassed with how I behaved. Yeah. That was really shitty and petty of me, but she, she doesn't care. Like she, she is totally comfortable. And I, this is, I'm going to, this is where we flip the script and do our typical, like real life advice for our young listeners. Mm -hmm. Sheldon, you know, you and I know each other well. Mm -hmm. I've led a life. Okay. Right? Like, I've had some ups and downs. You're aware of this. Okay. And I'm going to tell something to our listeners, and this is very real. Okay. Whenever you have a major life event, whether it's good, like getting engaged, or bad, there are going to be people in your life that make it about them. <laughs> That's just that's just a real life thing. And I'm not saying like, oh, people are haters. Yeah. It's not that they hate you. It's that it's a reflection of their own whatever. It's their own issues. Yeah. Right? And that's clearly what's happening with Kara here. And you already alluded to what Nani said. And Nani is very, very, very right. Yeah. This is about Kara's own unhappiness, her own bitterness. And Nani's spot on because Nani's brought up over the past two seasons that Kara has changed and is generally more better. Yeah. And uh, Nani's right. Like, Kara has to figure out what's going on inside her head. Like, she has to figure out why... Like, if you look at Kara's life, she has life by the tail. She has a man who seems to be a really good fit for her, a partner who she talks about how much she loves all the time. She has a dream profession. Like, there's a lot that's going on that's right in her life, so why isn't she happy? Like, Kara has to figure that out. And this is all very real. Like, I think even Kara's reaction is very authentic. Like, it's disgusting, but it's very authentic. Right? Yeah, and there's no, there's no other way to beat around the bush and to say that maybe she's just super jealous, right? And that's just where it comes down to because... She's jealous of the relationship that Tori and Jordan have because a lot of a lot of what happens sometimes on these shows, you have people questioning other people's relationships and Tori and Jordan's relationship is one thing that other than Kara, nobody seems to question that. And if and I guess the only way Kara is questioning it is just saying that, like, oh, she thinks it's contrived the wedding aspect of it. 
but we know that that's just being a hater. But I mean, in terms of do they actually care about each other? Do they actually love each other? What kind of relationship they have? All we've heard from whether it was Kyle or I mean, Kyle said like he strives to have a relationship like that. Right. Uh, Josh has echoed the same thing. CT has said watching them get together has been interesting. Zach's speech, which adds so much legitimacy to it, because if there's someone who's on the show who definitely you wouldn't buy into being the phony, mushy, you know, I'm going to play this up for the camera guy. It's it's Zach. Right. And so yep. for Zach to stand up there and give a speech and get a, emotional about it and discuss the fact that, you know, he remembers when Jordan first met Tori and he told them however long ago it was. I'm pretty sure he said the date and I just don't remember what it was, but it was a long time ago when they first met. And Jordan's like, I'm going to marry this girl. And Zach's telling that speech now, watching them get engaged on the challenge with her mother's ring like that like yeah there's so many levels to that that like how can you hate that how can you be mad at that you are just a terrible human being <laughs> right? i also i also have to point out i'm pretty sure that the book caro was reading was a dungeons and dragons manual i could be wrong <laughs> but it, i looked that, close that is amazing. i looked closely at a freeze frame and i'm <laughs> like 95 percent sure uh, that it was the Dungeons and Dragons manual. Because if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense to take dungeon, dungeon, ah, Dungeons and Dragons to the challenge house because you just need paper. <laughs> and, like, it's very entertaining to play. And you can have, like, six or seven people play. Like, it works. Okay. I can see D&D &D being up Kara's alley. <laughs> so, like... Not that it like I have no it, idea what you're talking about. Doesn't... By the way, you could have just been speaking a whole other language, and I'd be like, <laughs> "Okay, okay, sure." <laughs> Whatever, Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> <laughs> nice comeback, man. Nice comeback. Thank you. That that is a callback too. Oh, In any event, what what a pathetic scene for Kara. Totally. Just, just the worst. Um, we, there's so much stupid like real life drama happening on this episode and I loved it like I loved the drama as stupid as everyone is um, yeah no it, let's it, talk about Leroy Nani and Cam yeah I mean you're talking about going from a healthy relationship in terms of uh, Tori and Jordan to Leroy and Cam and hey again we're sitting on our couches watching a television show. I don't know anything about Cam and Leroy's relationship, right? I know what they tell us on the no. show. I know, yep. you know, what we've seen happen, them breakups to makeups on the show. Uh, that's about it. But I just don't like the way that this season has kind of gone down in terms of Cam and Leroy's showmance. And I brought that up a couple weeks ago that it felt weird to me because I just kind of thought that Cam was using Leroy in terms of he was the vote. She was preying on the fact that he's a super nice guy and a super loyal guy. And the fact that she knew that he still had feelings for her because she probably still has feelings for him on some level. But it just didn't seem genuine. Them getting, and I don't even want to say getting back together, but them getting close again. Uh, I thought that was super weird. And then you have this whole thing where Leroy 
is very quick to mention his relationship with Nani and how they're really good friends. And for Cam to turn this into uh, who's Leroy's number one thing. Yeah. It's so dumb to me. Right. Because it, it, it just makes it seem even more phony because if you are having like if you're the one that is in a relationship with them or wants to be in a relationship with them, why are you even worried about that? Do you know what I mean? Like, why does he have to say anything? Like, you should understand, hey, that's his really good friend. You should understand, okay, well, he's the one in my bed or I'm in his bed, so I don't have anything to worry about. But to keep pushing this narrative over and over again, it just seems weird to me. And I don't have a good feeling about it. I'm going to be honest. I don't. What do you think? I actually... Much like Kara's reaction, I don't like how Cam's going about her business, but I think it's authentic. Like, I do think she has feelings for Leroy, and I think she's threatened by his closeness with Nani. I don't think there's any romantic or sexual tension between Nani and Leroy, but I do think that it happens where sometimes your partner has uh, a close friend of the opposite sex. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't want to be heteronormative, but I don't know how else to phrase it. Um, And I think that, yeah, I think that Cam and Leroy genuinely have feelings for each other. And I think Cam is still sort of insecure about their relationship because of their history. And she's probably wondering, like, is she getting used a little bit? And so I think she's really overcompensating. And like acting out and lashing out. And what you get is essentially, and I know you're going to get this reference and I'm so excited. This is a money Jane situation. (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) That is, (laughs) that is so ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Now, most of our listeners don't know what money Jane is. So (laughs) I'm going to ask you, dear listener, pause this podcast just for a moment go on youtube it's not on spotify i already checked (laughs) go on youtube Uh, and look up money jane by carnal official julie black which has two l's (laughs) but spelt like july and sean paul it's a banger uh, go listen to it it's been 90s hip-hop it's by baby blue sound crew then come back maybe read the lyrics and you'll see what I mean. This is a Money Jane situation. <laughs> that's incredible. I will add on don't, to that. that don't that make song me read a... lyrics from it. I will, Sheldon. No, no, no. I will say that that song is a banger. I will co-sign that. Um, Thank you. Shouts to Baby Blue Sound Crew and Cardi and Julie Black. Yes. Uh. But I just, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, Real talk, Cardi is the best rapper Toronto has ever produced. I said it. That's a debate for a whole other. Wow. Wow. That's that's a can of worms that I'm not ready to, to open up, John. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. My brain capacity at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but wow is all I'll say. How about that? <laughs> I can't wait to see my mentions after that comment. Go ahead, Sheldon. Um, yeah, I, I just find this whole thing super weird because, you know, they even have the conversation and Cam and Leroy, they've been solid, but you know, Cam even asked Leroy if he thinks it's dangerous 
that they're kissing and Leroy says, yeah, but fuck it. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, I, I mean, this doesn't sound like it's going in a, in a pretty healthy direction. And the Nani side of it, they've shown already that they can go away and come back and have have a relationship within the house that doesn't agree with their relationship outside the house, right? Meaning that, you know, they're not in the same alliance, but they're looking out for each other. They've shown they can do that over multiple seasons. It doesn't take that long to go back to last season where Cam was blatantly making out with Theo just to make Leroy jealous, right? Like that was a thing that happened, wasn't that last season? Yep. So to now be in this position where conveniently Leroy happened to be the swing vote or at least a swing vote within the U.S. alliance and then magically like it, it's just too and maybe it's my cynical single nature. <laughs> I'll be honest, but it just seems so odd to me and I definitely fall on the side of what you were explaining in terms of being able to have platonic relationships and have it not be, you know, not be anything to worry about. And I feel like there's a, a hard line in the sand where some people are able to do it and some people just aren't. And there's no like yep. rhyme or reason to it, but that's just the way it is. So if you're, if you're Cam and you're thinking, wait a second, I don't trust this. I'm insecure. Nani is a beautiful woman. I know her and Leroy probably had their thing a while ago. And even though I'm being told it's done now, I don't know if I trust it. I'm threatened by this woman. If that's yeah. where they're at, I could understand it. But I just think that there's a game aspect to this all that has flipped right before our eyes. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, it's hard. I do feel like I feel bad for Leroy. Because I, like, both Cam and Nani are so, like, I see both of their points, but also neither one of them are making any healthy choices to resolve the situation. <laughs> yeah. I love, you know I I love mean? Like, both of them in the sense that they're both so stuck in their ways, right? Like, this is who oh, I yeah. am. This is what I want. This is what I expect. And I love it. They're both, like, such strong, beautiful, powerful women. And I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, now let's talk about another disastrous relationship. So here's the thing. The funny thing about D and Rogan, right? As they have this scene where they're talking and, you know, they're doing the whole lubby dubby thing. I'm not even paying attention to them. Right. I'm just like, I even wrote down, why do I care? Do you care? This is ridiculous. D says Rogan is her rock. I don't even care. Then all of a sudden it flips. <laughs> And we get a cut to, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how to put this back. I don't know how to put this, but Rogan's talking about how he thinks D is holding him back. And it was funny how, like, the scene just shifted. Like, it was a daytime scene with him and D. And then all of a sudden, like, it flipped to nighttime. And now you see Rogan with uh, Joss and Polly. And it completely flips. And now my guy's talking about how D's holding him back and he asks her to work out and she doesn't want to do it. And sometimes she does or she says she's going to, but she's like, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow. And he doesn't want 
to cost his friend, his best friend Joss, he doesn't want to cost him money. And now, feelings aside, he wants to cut D. And that's when my ears perked up, and I was like, wait, what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> because if there's one thing that I don't trust, I don't trust these dudes to execute a plan. <laughs> Oh my god. To get Talk his girl right to get his girlfriend out of the game with no blood on his hands. Like if there's one thing that these dudes cannot execute, it was this elaborate scheme that they're trying to come up with to figure out how they could get rid of his girl on the show. <laughs> what? Uh, first of all, in this scene where Joss and Polly and Rogan are are having a conversation and CT is listening into are Joss and Polly wearing matching outfits? It appears so. It appears so. <laughs> and, like, I have all caps, Rogan says he wants D to go in. Like, what is he thinking? And, like, he's right. She might just be their weakest player. Mm -hmm. But, buddy, you can't change course on this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why now, is... all of a sudden? You've gotten rid of Georgia. You've gotten rid... Like, you've tried to throw in Jenny already before this episode. You've done all these things you've thrown in theo and now all of a sudden you're like you know what i'm gonna get rid of our weakest player who i mean you could get rid of kaylee who's probably worse than d but instead you're like nah i'm gonna get rid of my girl how like what sense does that make i just also, don't understand when rogan says i don't want to cost my best friend like the chance to win money if I were Joss, I'd be like, hey, man, don't drag me into this. Like, <laughs> like, don't don't make me your reason to do a shitty thing. Like, And also, oh, there's so much to, like, this whole plan, there's so much to parse out. Like, there's a, obviously a camera with them in this conversation mm -hmm. like they're not small cameras they're <laughs> like we talked about how it's joss rogan Polly, and ct having this conversation there's five people in that conversation because there's also a camera operator mm -hmm. like rogan d is going to see this like even if it, let's say let's say the plan goes perfectly and it's just like d does not for a moment suspect Rogan. She will when she watches the show. Like, what is he thinking? Well, there's so many oh, levels it's... that didn't make sense. Because if you're Rogan and you want her to go in, but now you don't want to do it yourself, so you want to just, you want to get the other side to do it. But now if you're Polly, why do you want to put in D? You don't want to eliminate D. You want to eliminate a strong person from the other team because that's how you play the game or that's how you should be playing the game. I just don't understand this logic at all. Like, why would you wait until this point to say this is who you want to lose when clearly you don't know, none of them know, what the structure of the final is going to be? So why have you arbitrarily decided now that you want the strongest team going into the final when for the previous however many weeks you've been doing the opposite of that? Yeah, if you truly wanted the strongest uh, possible pl uh, like alliance, this is two days after they eliminated Olympic caliber athlete Theo. <laughs> It really makes no sense. It really does. And, like, if, let's say, for argument's sake, uh, 
okay, you really have feelings for D, it, but you actually want to build the strongest possible team. Well, then why didn't you just like get rid of all the weak players except for D? Exactly. Like so. Like oh my god! Like the the mind. I'm agog. Like I don't even. I can't even begin to cope with what they're thinking. But the decision to keep Kaylee, who's Josh's friend, over your girlfriend, because that's the other thing. It's one thing if in this whole thing, Rogan just admits, you know what, I don't even really like her that much, or it's not that serious, or maybe it went a little further than I thought it it was going to. Do you know what I mean? Like, if he admitted that he didn't really care about her as much as he's been leading on, then I could understand this, but he doesn't even do that. Yeah. It just makes this super confusing. But on top of that, the other dumb part about this plan is to ensure that they can get D into the elimination. The Brits have agreed to throw said challenge <laughs> so that they could get D into said elimination, right? That's their plan. So next yeah. day, challenge day rolls up and it's called Escape to Freedom. Yep. And there's a boat that's towing 120 foot, like, what do you call that? Like a floating device? Let's say floating snake. Like a dock. Like a dock, sure. And yeah. you have to basically climb across this obstacle course that is on top of said dock. And while it's moving, there is another person, a member of the other team that is trying to stop you. Basically, there's two and a half minutes and as many people as possible that you can get through the obstacle course you win and so they've drawn names to see who's gonna go in and i thought that was also really dangerous if you're talking about trying to throw a challenge and the other team is drawing names to see who's going to be participating because not everybody knows about this plan yet <laughs> <laughs> oh man so jenny is up first and she doesn't really know what to do, right? And Killa Cam is the one who has the main job of trying to hold the UK women back. UK women featuring Tori, right? And Killa Cam and Jenny basically go at it. Cam throws Jenny off, but Jenny holds on to Cam, pulls her off as well, which then obviously allows the rest of her team the free pass to get to the end and ring the bell. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you through, because it's not like we got to see this challenge actually operate much more than this, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you, what do you think of this challenge? I really liked it because it was a little different from what they normally do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not a puzzle. It's not like the classic heights over water. I liked a lot. Like, I liked the visual. It was interesting. You know, employs sort of different strategies. Like, I honestly... We never really saw how you could potentially get past the defender. Yeah. Like, it so benefits the defender that in a lot of ways, what Jenny did was smart. Like, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to take out Cam with me, and then everyone behind me can just score. Kind of ruined because Tori, like, immediately fell off. Yeah. She basically bounced off the dock and out. Yeah. But... What Jenny did was probably the best thing you could do because I don't I honestly don't see how you could dislodge the defender. 
Yeah. But but it was it was interesting. Like I would have liked to have seen other people try. I was interested to see what was going to happen with Zach as the defender. I totally agree with that. And you know, to see the other team go as well, they probably they basically did the exact same thing in terms of Jenny was a defender. Jenny ends up going off right away. And then the other team was able to race through and get all their points. But then it flips when it's a guy's turn. And Zach becomes a protect the pre- I was about to say the pretender. The protector for the guy's team. And CT is up first. And CT runs up and then stops and sits down with his legs crossed. And Zach's like, what are you doing? And CT yeah. says, I'm throwing it. And then they start doing rock, paper, scissors. And I didn't understand this play at all. And CT just says he needs to be with the numbers. This is his decision. And you can see the rest of the people who are standing back on dry land are all stunned. Because they're just like, what's going on? They're watching them literally play rock, paper, scissors to kill out the entire time. And Jordan's mad. He's on the boat just like, what? And I love this moment of everyone trying to figure out, wait, what's going on? And then B, who knew? Were you on this? In on this? Were you in on this? Like that part was super interesting. And Rogan is doing a horrible job of lying, as if he didn't know what was happening. Um, and I love how you know you piece little things together. Zach says, "Hey, wait, is Polly in on this too?" And CT's like, "Yeah." And yeah, as all this starts to come out, I'm back pocketing this because I'm just like. How does this make sense as being part of your plan? We've seen people throw challenges before, right? This is a theme that happens throughout the history of the challenge, right? There's a long line of people throwing challenges so they can control who's going into eliminations. We've seen that before. We've seen people blatantly throw challenges to make it obvious they're throwing it. And we've seen people fake as if they're trying and then throw the challenge. There was no faking here. CT just blatantly threw it. What did you think of the yeah. strategy of CTs here to just blatantly throw it? If he had done a subtle job of it, it would have been totally different. Yeah. Right? Then I'd be like, okay, I don't know about the wisdom of going to all these lengths just to get rid of D, as you and I just discussed. <laughs> but the way, the way he was so blatant about it basically doomed their plan from the start. And I don't understand, like... Why wouldn't you just like go up, stay on your feet while Zach like stays low and then like pretend like you slipped on the slippery dock and just go overboard? Right? Exactly. Or 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 pretend to wrestle with Zach and just like waste like 45 seconds cuz they only had two and a half minutes in total. Well the other Like just I don't know, the if he'd done it better or more subtly i would have understood it but the other part is it's ct it's ct going against zach yes but then also on the uk team it's joss rogan and um jordan right so even if all three of them just pretend to fall off or you know try kind of wrestle with zach but basically let zach win the battle and they just all fall in at most, at most, they're only going to get one point. 
and they'd probably yeah. still end up losing anyways. Or if you just ensure that Jordan's the last person, if you just hold up a fight long enough, each all three of them before caving and just falling in, Jordan might not even get a chance to go across. So I don't get why you would give your hand, tip your hand that early that you're throwing the challenge and blatantly just throw the challenge like that. It just made no sense. Like that part of the plan didn't make sense. And there's not much of this plan that does, but this part definitely did not make sense. Also, when CT, when um, the Brits, when it's their turn to defend, have like, if you guys are trying to throw it, have CT volunteer to be the defender because he's 275 pounds and no one can move him. And then have him, like, slip off when he's defending so that the Americans can just, like, zip past. Exactly. Yeah. There is a way to do this that would have been way smoother, that would have made a lot more sense than basically just mocking it. Like, CT's doing, like, karate poses and stuff. And everyone's just so confused. The UK team is so confused. Even the US team is kind of confused in terms of, wait, what's going on here? Because you got to remember, the other part is, not everyone on the U.S. team is in on this plan. And it's also no. a female elimination. So yeah. there's so many levels to this that makes no sense. Because if you even if you're on the, the team with the numbers, and I don't even mean the U.S. team, I just mean Team Polly and Kara, and you're seeing what's going on, and you're like, wait a second, I didn't know anything about this. Don't you get kind of antsy? It's super odd. So... TJ is not happy, <laughs> right? No. <laughs> TJ is not happy at all. Um, Josh is not happy. He says CT is disrespecting the integrity of the game, <laughs> uh, which I just thought was funny. The girls are all, mad, yeah, are all mad at CT. Jordan's arguing with CT. CT tells him, yo, man, just take the L, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And I thought that what was going to happen, which – is what I would have done if I was Josh and Rogan is I would have just thrown CT under the bus and blamed him, but clearly they're not yeah. like, I don't know what they're on. So TJ says he's never seen anything like this. I hope you guys know what you're doing, which to me is telling me that TJ obviously knows that like you guys are trying to play this game without even knowing the rules. <laughs> so yeah. instead of just playing straight up with your team and trying to win, you guys are trying to play this game about who's going to be in the finals without knowing the rules of the finals or knowing the rules of how you're going to get to the finals. It's so ridiculous to me. So anyway, I really like I really like that as CT is declaring his set for Kara and Polly um, and throwing this challenge, someone turns to TJ and goes, what's happening? And like one of the contestants, one of the players goes to TJ, what's happening? He's like, the Brits are throwing the competition is what's happening. Like TJ immediately grasps the situation when the people playing the game don't get it. Oh, because he's seen it all. He's seen it all. He knows exactly what's going on. And I thought that was really cool. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um. So the tribunal was Leroy, Nani, and Cam, which to me just seems like whoever decided this in advance was like, let's get, let's make sure Leroy has the worst possible time. <laughs> but also, how is it that Joss and Rogan have this plan where they're like, okay, we need to get D in, 
And then they go to Polly with this plan, and Polly's like, all right, I got you. We're going to make this happen. And then Polly doesn't have... I guess he and Kara were in the last uh, tribunal, but how did they not have, like, one of their more surefire people in there? Like, because I guess Ashley was in... Well, I guess Ashley would have been the best choice. But, but I just, Ashley like, wasn't in on the plan either because they didn't want the girls to flip out over the fact that they were going to throw in D. So none of the girls were in on the plan. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, this is it's so badly executed. Ever. It's terrible. So, and, and you're right. So now you've agreed to this deal without being able to figure out how you're going to actually execute it because it's not till way later on where they're like, wait, how are we going to get D in? And Pauly realizes, oh, I guess I got to go talk to Leroy and see if he can make it happen. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it's so stupid. This is like the worst plan ever. But anyways, so you're right about the whole this is a tough spot for Leroy to be in. <laughs> but also great yeah. producering by whoever came up with this because I'm sure somebody did. But that's going to be the tribunal. And the Again, I'm pointing back to the fact that I don't like this thing from Cam's side of it because she says Leroy is going to do whatever I tell him to do. And yeah, I, was I, like, didn't, I didn't like that energy. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that tells me everything I need to know right there. Like, I don't like that. Like, why does it have to go down like that? There's no need for it to go down like that. Leroy's already stated that he's with you guys. He's with the numbers. So why do you have to even phrase it that he's going to do whatever you tell him to do? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So Me neither. Tori's radar goes off because she's like, I'm going in for sure. And it's been basically a constant stream of her and Jordan going in consistently. And even though she switched teams to the UK team, thinking that maybe that would change her fortunes, she's still thinking, oh, no, I'm going in. So <laughs> then we get the whole sit down. Which lasted 10 seconds. <laughs> yes. This uh, nomination ceremony, CT just says, all right, so I guess we're all voting for Tori. Let's get this over with. Everyone puts up their hand. They're like, all right, that's it. And everyone gets up and leaves. Yeah. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Tori then said, is there a third team anywhere? Can I start a new country? Yes, Tori. Canada <laughs> will take you. So if we played this out, Right, and if we just if they just played it straight up, couldn't you make a solid argument that the UK team is stronger than the US team? Yeah, well, we you and I skipped over this scene, but Josh and Zach earlier in the episode had a conversation where yes. they're saying like the Americans have constantly weakened their own team, and now Jordan and Tori have flipped, making the British team uh, stronger. Yeah. And Zach's right. Like, Zach says, you know, the t they're a better team now. And you know what? On paper, he's right. Yeah, his analogy of the Bulls never traded away MJ. And they've traded away a bunch of MJs. And it's so yeah, true. I, and early on, we talked about how the theme of this podcast we've talked about from the beginning was the U.S. kept making the other team stronger by making their own team weaker. And now they've yep. doubled down on that by not only making their own team weaker – by now sending their players to the other team <laughs> so it's incredible where we're at but 
you look at this UK team and minus Kaylee and even D, because I don't even think D is as terrible as she's being made out to be. But even with no. those two on that on that side, the UK team, you're talking CT, Joss, Rogan, Jordan. That's a pretty solid uh, row of dudes there, no? And then yeah. Tori, Jenny, and you still got Kaylee and D. That's a pretty solid, you know, like competitive, because say whatever you want, and I have about Kaylee, for the most part, she at least tries, right? Unless yep. it's heights. And D at least goes down fighting, like D tries. And so you're. it's not like you're getting walked all over by Ashley, Cam, Kara, D, and Ninja, right? Like you're not, they're not just like running all over you. So it's such a weird dynamic that if, like, We'll get to this later, but the Tory and Jordan plan, it kind of would have made sense, right? Like, Tori, when she yeah. goes back and she's crying and she's like, I don't get their strategy. And, you know, it makes it makes no sense. And, and Jordan's trying to, like, calm her down. It's so odd to me because it really doesn't make sense. If Rogan and Josh were just smart, smart enough to figure out, okay, now's the time when we flip back on Polly, you could be running the game. Yeah, like, but there, there's no will. And, like, part of the problem with Joss and Rogan's game is that they have been playing scared. Yeah. Like, and But imagine if they just played it straight up right now. The UK wins, and then they're like, we're going to throw in Kara. Yeah. What What's wrong with that? Like, what is it? What is wrong with that? And how does that not flip the game back into your favor? That you guys are now going to be having the stronger team heading into the finals, which should be the point. I don't yeah. Know. It's weird. If you, if the Brits had actually tried and let's say won, and they could have won that challenge, yeah. could have won a lot of challenges. But let's say they'd won that challenge. Then they um, put in Kara versus whoever right like the americans i guess the woman that they would nominate would be nani yeah so then you put in kara versus nani or cam versus nani either way versus kara yeah either way the american team is weaker yeah like i don't see why the brits can't see this like that's they've got this weird belief that they can't do it without the help of Polly and Kara. Um, and an, an important thing happens at the tribunal after Tori's voted in. Okay. First of all, Cam really brought this like angry energy toward Tori. Like, why did you switch teams? <laughs> well, what the fuck should I do? Like, should I keep like getting sent in by my own team? <laughs> like Tori is guilty. Tori and Jordan are guilty of giving Joss and Rogan too much credit, but like, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand why Cam was so, like, standoffish with Tori about it. Well, that so energy Tori... continued with Kara and Ashley, right? Because they're just like, great plan, Jordan. Way to go, Jordan. Yeah. And it's like, no, their plan didn't work because the UK team are idiots. Yeah. Like, that's they had to do something. Like, oh, should they have just stayed put and, like, continue to get shit kicked by their teammates? Like, and... Also, too, what's the, uh, what's the saying, John? Uh, the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting different yeah. results. So they're supposed to yeah. keep staying on the U.S. team. 
hoping that maybe they would figure it out? <laughs> no, of course not. You try something else. Yeah. The only way that they'd be able to flip it is if, like, if Jordan and Tori stayed on the team and were allowed to form a tribunal with Zach or maybe Josh. Like, yeah. that's the only way they'd be able to get out. Or, or Nani. That's the only way they'd be able to get out. And that's not going to happen. Yeah. So, Leroy says to Cam and Nani that they all have to vote the same way. Which. And, like, do they? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Nani even says, like, no, no, we don't. Like, listen, you voted your own way. I'm going to vote my own way. You guys have your little game plan worked out. Like, so it goes. I don't understand this insistence on having a unified front. Like, this, at this point, it is what it is. And I hate that saying, but, like, I think fuck, this is just another, do what you're going to do. It's another ploy from Cam just to show dominance over Nani. Just to show we're all going to say the same thing, meaning you're going to say what we want you to say just to show you who's in charge. Because there's really no other purpose in that. Like, you're already getting your own way. Now you want her to further ruin her standing with the few people she has left in the house? Right? Like, that's just a straight bully tactic just because. And so yeah. I, I should rep N Nani for being like, nah. Leroy, yeah. I don't even get why he would care about that. Like, that's such a dumb thing to, you know, agree to, but... I mean, that's what they ask, and Nani's like, no, not going to do it. And I like her for that. And, yeah, and we had this problem last week, too, where they're like, we all have to vote the same way. And Zach's like, no, <laughs> like, you guys have the votes to do what you what you want to do. I'm going to vote, like, yeah, with, like, what's integrity to my game. Like, why, why does it, why do we have to all vote together? Yeah. You guys have the numbers. It's fine. It's fine. We know where we sit in this situation. So we're at that point in the season where the club scenes aren't fun anymore. They were never um, fun, by the way, this season. Yeah, but this happens every season where, like, everyone's sick of each other. Like, everyone's coupled off. There, every season there's a point where the club scenes aren't fun anymore. Yeah. So um, the, there's sort of... Like, the group of people who I actually, aside from Josh, would like to hang out with. Like, Jordan, Leroy, Nani, Zach, and Josh are all sitting at a table together. And it comes up again where Leroy's, like, talking about how badly he wants to win. It's not even about the money at this point. Yeah. And Jordan and Nani are like, look at this table. This could have been the team. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, literally what changed was that you flipped to Kara and Polly. Yeah. And, like, Leroy totally ignores that point. And Polly overhears the conversation and says, hey, Cam, you hear what's going on over there? And Cam immediately goes over there to be, like, to rain on that parade. And it's like, Leroy, we got to talk. This, it's an emergency situation. I really felt like all episode Cam was overstepping her bounds. Yeah. I generally like Cam, but there's, like, who cares if he's talking about this? He's not going to change his mind. Like, you don't have to, like, hold his hand through every point of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the, f the fight returns to the house because Leroy is, I don't want to say confronting Cam, but he's saying to Cam, 
hey, I'm allowed to talk game with my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, my mind is not changing. They're my friends. I'm allowed to hang out with them. Naturally, conversation's going to switch over to game talk. I'm allowed to talk about it. Like, you shouldn't have inserted yourself. And also, Drunk too, Nani. Also, too, there's no hiding at this point, right? So, like, Cam turning this into, do you want me to tell her what it's like? I could tell her what it should be like. If you want me to go tell her, I'll go tell her. And Leroy's like, calm down, please. Calm down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's just having a conversation. And so, yeah, as it spilled back into the room, and then Nani walks in in that red dress, first off. Slow clap for that, Nani. Yeah. But. Yeah. Then it was like. Drunk Nani. <laughs> after it was Cam doing too much, Nani was kind of doing too much because she's like, what are you guys talking about? Why can't you guys talk about it when I'm here? What are you guys saying about me? And then it turns into more dumb stuff. And Leroy's just trying to be the peacemaker. He's like, you guys are fighting for no reason. This is so dumb. Like, I care about both yeah. of you guys. This has, like, there's no ill will or there shouldn't be. And this is just dumb. You guys both need to stop right now. And they finally relent. And Leroy ends up going to his own room. Everyone goes off to their own separate ways. And eventually the part I found weird was CT telling Cam, don't worry, she already won. And Nani is all by herself. She's all alone. Don't even worry about it. And then this solidifies my whole, or in my mind, continues to, as I continue to build the case that Cam is just using Leroy, Cam goes to, like, make it up to Leroy and gives the the puppy dog look that, you know, like, the two-year-old gives their parents when they, like, spill something and did something wrong. That's That's what Cam does to Leroy here. And then says she's sorry, and, and Leroy's like, that's all I wanted to hear. And then they end up going to sleep or whatever, I don't know. But at this point, I'm just like, okay, this is really, really dumb. And <laughs> what, what did you think of that? Well, I think that what CT was driving at was that Cam doesn't need to compete with Nani. Like, I think CT is more in my camp where he thinks this is Cam's insecurities. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. She she feels a need to compete with Nani. And CT's saying, you already won. Like, Leroy loves you. Yeah. Stop making it, like, stop making life hard for him and his friend. Um, That's fair. I, like... Like you, I didn't love Cam. Well, it's good that Cam apologizes. And, like, she actually does say I'm sorry. But also, the mature thing to do would be to explore her feelings and then talk it out with Nani. Maybe after the show is done filming. But, like, figure out why you have, like, this weird hate on for Nani, who, by all accounts, is a nice, good person. And, like, you should be able to take Leroy's word for it also that she's a good person. And, like, talk things over with her. Like, this is one of the frustrating things about watching this show. Being in your mid to late 30s, however you want to characterize our age. Like, so much of the drama would just be resolved by, like, a little therapy and, like, a little conversation without cameras present. And no one ever does it. (laughs) That's not fair. I think it sometimes happens. But, like... But, yeah, neither... The the beef here with uh, Nani and Cam, it's like 
they could just have a grown-up conversation because here's the other thing. They're on the same team. <laughs> yeah. So they could just have and come to some agreement that there's no reason for us to be at ends because at the end of the day, we are on the same team. Cam, I think, wanted a little more credit for the fact that she put Nani into the tribunal. And I think she wanted – she didn't get the, oh, thank you, thank you, or bowing down response that she probably expected and i think that's where her beef lies or some of her beef lies anyways but, but then, you also shouldn't need to expect that you know what i mean yeah because like whatever like what's it mean what's that really matter right like you're not throwing in nani because leroy would get too mad at you if you did throw in nani so the gesture of putting her in the tribunal doesn't really putting her in it when her vote doesn't matter right isn't as grand of a gesture as you want it to be but whatever let's get to more of the interesting side of this because now we're trying to figure out the plan of paul how paulie is going to get d to go in and paulie oh goes to gosh. leroy and they're just and leroy is like wait i don't know if i can do this because on top of it not only do they want leroy to put d in but they want them to blindside d and not tell any of the girls that this is going to happen and to Leroy's credit, Leroy's like, no, I can't do that. Like, there's no way. He's like, of all people, I've been the one preaching team unity and preaching all this stuff. I'm not going to blindside them. So if this is what we got to do, you guys got to at least tell D ahead of time because I'm not going to blindside yeah. them. And and CT, sorry, CT makes the point that it's the literally the only thing the British side has asked from the Polly Cara alliance. And he's right. Yep. Like, that's the only time the British side of their alliance has asked a favor of the American side of the alliance. And Polly's like, well, you know, we'll see. And CT <laughs> says in confessional, I'm starting to feel like this alliance is one-sided. No yeah, shit. No fucking shit. <laughs> no shit. Oh, my God. So then Leroy, this fucking gang that can't shoot straight, yeah, tells Cam about the plan to put in D in front of ninja yeah like literally the second worst person to announce his plan in front of <laughs> the only worst person to say it in front of would be d yeah like leroy what are you doing and like leroy and cam obviously have lots of one-on-one -on -one time together just like when you're like having a little cuddle in bed be like hey by the way cam let me float something past you, right? Or just pull her aside, as she did at the club. Like, there's, how could you say this in front of in front of Ninja, like, and but, Ashley? Because Ashley's manipulative. But oh my god! But also at this point, there was no need for that because they just agreed that they weren't gonna blindside her. So there was no need to even have this discussion to say that this whole thing has even gone on. Like, it served no purpose, right? Other than to let the whole house know because if they just went to to like if and let's say there's no need for Leroy to go do this because all that happened is it just means other people knew before they knew like the the girls on the team but then also before D knew which just makes it worse to begin with and so the whole purpose of this was to put her in and not get blamed and now you're getting blamed for putting her in and you haven't even put her in yet <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge 
But now that's not even going to happen. So this is Rogan is now losing his mind because he's like, oh, no, this is terrible. What, what are we going to do? How are we going to tell her? And CT's like, you know what? I'm going to tell her. And CT just walks over and tells D that, hey, we're, we figured that it's time. We're going to put you in because we're not sure about the final. And she is hysterical, right? Like, she finds Rogan. She starts yelling at Rogan. Whose plan is this? And Rogan just says, yeah, we came up with it. It's not. doesn't matter whose plan it was. And Rogan is just, like, lost. Like, he's not helping his cause at all. And he says it's time to be cutthroat. And it's time to make the final. And none of this makes any sense, right? So she's all going... And she's ugly crying right now. And I know everybody has that ugly cry, but her ugly cry was out. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing was, she didn't even have in her mind that she could win the elimination. She's so rattled about no. everything that was going on. She's just like, oh, no, oh no. I'm going in. And how could Rogan do this to me? And I'm done with him. And I can't believe I was such an idiot. And I fell for it. And it's going on and on. And I'm sitting here thinking... But this doesn't even make any sense because they just threw in Tori. And so you're going to really throw in D to try to get Tori out. Like the whole thing just didn't make sense to me at all. Right. Um, what did you make of the crime before we get to the actual elimination? Like, did you, do you is there anything you want to say about the crying and the reveal of Rogan and um, D's relationship imploding? I mean, I've only got jokes, for starters. I like that Rogan says in uh, Confessional, I think the plan's backfired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your terrible fucking plan, it has backfired, uh... Rogan. Because he was, sorry, he was talking about it, he's like, you know, the one person I care about in this house, I didn't want to make her cry, and now she's crying, I think that's backfired. Yeah. Yeah, when her boyfriend, who she fell in love with after two days, puts her into elimination. Yeah, and also, I love that CT is such a fucking shooter. Like, I think part of the problem, there's a lot of problems with this plan, but I think part of the problem with the plan is that Joss and Rogan are terrified of ever pulling the trigger on anyone. Yeah. CT is not afraid of pulling the trigger on fucking anyone. And, like, you know, the way he threw the challenge was dumb, but CT also can handle the heat. Like, he does not care about people yelling at him. He does not care about making people cry. He does not care about getting into fights. He does not care about, like, his reputation. CT does not give a fuck. He is a shooter. We saw it with throwing the competition. And then when he's like, I'm just going to go tell D. And he's like, hey, D, FYI, we talked about throwing you in. Sorry. <laughs> like, I did love that. And I also love that whenever there's like a all season, whenever there's a heavy conversation, whenever there's a fight, you see CT in the background. Like, as D is going off on Rogan, you see just like CT like float into the background, be like, oh, yeah, shit's fucked. And then <laughs> like float away. <laughs> I, I know it's not a funny situation, but CT's role in this is pretty funny to me. You know what else is really I have funny to, say to me? Joss's role, because he doesn't say anything. But no. he's around. He doesn't say anything, but he's around. And it's just, like, so odd to me. But, again, so their harebrained scheme is falling apart. 
and then eventually just there's no real explanation we basically just get the next scene where hey it's time for the elimination and all of a sudden uh leroy and cam are voting in jenny and you get rogan saying yeah at the end of the day i just couldn't pull the trigger on it and i couldn't do it at this time i'm just like wait what (laughs) so we'll we'll get to this we'll get to we we can save this for the end let's get rid of the elimination then we'll get to yeah i do have to say before the like before the tribunal made their votes official i wrote in my notes it would be hilarious if they voted someone else in right now. <laughs> so Jordan says, TJ asks, who's going in from the Brits? Jordan says, we're throwing in my fiance, Tori. Kara rolls her eyes and says, oh, my God. As if Kara didn't like remember last season or maybe it was two seasons ago when Kara and Polly went around the house talking about how like every surface they're going to have sex on. Yep. And like loudly had sex to the point that people outside could hear it like yep. fuck off Kara yep. so Nani votes for Kaylee and I was like okay good for Nani going her own way then Cam votes for Jenny and I'm like wait what and then Leroy <laughs> votes for Jenny and I was like wait all that drama to not put D in so like, stupid Rogan you have destroyed your relationship like, you can't get halfway pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, you had a terrible plan. You I thought you were going to say far. there ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. That's what I thought that's you were going to say. That's, a, that's we a better reference. Completely different reference, though. <laughs> let's, we're on let's one right go now. back this is so weird. and say that I went with the Shook Ones reference. <laughs> there ain't no things as halfway crooks. Like, in um, all seriousness, you have gone 95% of the way. You've destroyed your relationship. Like, I don't think D is going to welcome him back. Yeah, I don't even know she's going to talk to him. Yeah, see it through. Like, you might as well see it through at this point. Instead of, like, let's not forget, he said all along this was to strengthen his team. So instead they put in Jenny, their other strongest female competitor. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, they are so dumb. It is Like, incredible. So, Lost in all this is that it's Hall Brawl, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> TJ's favorite game. Everyone's favorite game. Right? Uh, let me ask you, Tori versus Jenny, who did you think was going to win? Because, you know, Jenny obviously has the muscles, she's stronger, and then there's Tori, who we know is scrappy and feisty and also is strong as well. But Jenny just like looks the part. Like I think Tori even says, "All right, I guess I just got to go in and beat Arnold Schwarzenegger." Yeah, I I actually thought it was going to be Tori. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't know Jenny's athletic background as like good as she is at like as fit as she is, as great as her cardio is. If you're not used to contact, you're not ready for contact. Exactly. Exactly. And we've seen Tori compete in the challenge enough to know that she at least can, she's not afraid of the contact and at least can like handle it. But first off, at least knows to expect it because it's one thing to say like, all right, so I'm going to go tackle this person. But if you've never actually done that, it's a, it's not something you just do on the fly. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? No. And so I thought, you know, it was a perfect example of it, what you just said. The theme we talk about a lot where it's not about muscles and who's the strongest in this battle, in this game. It's just about are you afraid of contact? And I don't think Jenny was afraid of the contact. I just don't think that she understood the contact. And so Tori she, runs over her twice, and it was just, like, it was quick work. But yeah. what, can't be, what can't be oversold at all, or undersold, I guess, is Tori just, like, running over her twice. Like, those were two big boy, and I'm saying big boy with air quotes, two big girl hits, for lack of a better term, right? Where it's just, like, holy shit, like... She ran her over. Like, I was impressed. Were you not entertained, John? I, I was very impressed. I was a little surprised with how one-sided it was, especially the second one. Yeah. But, I mean, what a performance by Tori. Oh, and yeah. I like what CT said. There's a new choo-choo in town, and her name is Tori Train. <laughs> and CT was just loving it as the king of this shit. Yeah. Um, I loved Tori's big reaction afterwards, calling all the uh, women on the American team pussies. Yep. Uh, I like that she goes over and hugs Jenny, apologizes. Yep. I have to ask you, that was a pretty good debut season for Jenny, right? I don't know. I don't know. Was it? Like she, So she was in, that was what, her second elimination? And the first yeah, one she, she won beat, the first one. What was homegirl's name? George's friend. I forget her now, but she was terrible. Nicole. Nicole. And so, yeah, I don't know how good that was. I, I really don't. But I'll say this: like, I feel like she was. This was a good first season in terms of good lessons. Yeah. Right. Like, I think it was a good lesson for her in terms of how this game is played and how this game goes down. So I think that part was cool. But well, I think also, she can come I back. Th- and I like her acknowledgement at the end, though, where she says, you know, she basically says tackling someone is is so out of her comfort zone. Like, it's not something that she's done before. Right. And having that yeah. admission, I think, was was real and honest. Right. I also I mean, in terms of when I say debut season, I don't just mean physically. I think like. Of all the people, I think that in the long, long run, like five years from now, when they look back at like how everyone performed, like individually, like when Polly looks back at the tape, when Zach looks back at the tape, I think Jenny can hold her head high. I think she acted with oh, integrity. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I fair. think. I mean, she spoke a lot about this in this episode about like performing for her friends and family Mm -hmm. she can go back and talk to her friends and family and say like and like her friends and family will be like yeah like you you did well like you represented yourself well yeah and no embarrassing hookups that we saw no political missteps really maybe a little bit naive but like not but she was also just a victim of having a terrible team Right. That like yeah. wasn't really focused on winning and she wasn't yeah. the weak link on her team at any point. So, no, from that angle, I agree with you. I agree with you. I also found it funny that TJ says, well, Brits, you lost another strong player. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 
But yeah, yeah, it was. And like, I like that Tori went over and like apologized and was like a gracious winner to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Tori clearly has a fan in Jenny who said that Tori is one of the nicest women she's ever met. Yep. Um, I have to ask you, what was your line of the episode? (laughs) I don't know if I can say that I had a line of the episode. I guess maybe it was. I guess maybe it was something in in Zach's speech. Um, (laughs) And Zach is basically giving a rundown of Jordan and Tori's relationship. And he was mentioning how uh, when Tori and Jordan first met, Jordan was telling him, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to marry this girl. And so he's talking about how well they fit together and how Tori is perfect and she's such a nice person and their relationship is perfect because Jordan's a dick. And so Tori balances that out. I thought that was really cool and really honest because it it was like an observation, I think, that we had early on. And so it was funny to hear that confirmation from someone up close and personal, let's say. What about you? Uh, CT had two lines that absolutely killed me. He said after Tori just fucking trucked Jenny, she hit her so hard I shit myself. (laughs) And then later when he's sort of like summing up the ramifications of that elimination, he goes, so Tori's back to our team after committing first degree murder, (laughs) RIP Jenny. Uh, Those both really had me laughing. CT, like I didn't... I thought the way he threw that competition was silly and idiotic, but CT had a lot of good moments this episode. Yeah. Like, good lines. Like I said, when he said, I mean, it wasn't a good moment, but when he said, you know, I'm starting to think this alliance is one-sided. Like, that really made me laugh. I don't, he wasn't going for laughs, but CT was, we had a good CT episode. Um, who was your MVP? Yeah, to me, that's easy. It's it's Tori. Just when you have a dominating performance like that against a good competitor in Jenny. And I know that, hey, maybe she wasn't ready for the physical challenge, but for that doesn't matter. Right. Like Tori made that physical. And, (laughs) you know, whether Jenny was ready for the physical challenge or not, she got a physical challenge. And I think Tori talking shit after the fact might just mask the whole angle. If you're Kara if you're um, Cam, like you don't want to go in against Tori and something like that after what you just saw. Like I know Cam, nope. Cam's not afraid of the of it at all, but it's definitely not the person you want to face in that challenge. So I think that statement win by Tori and their engagement party runoff, I guess, <laughs> I'm gonna give the MVP to Tori, and you know, yeah, that's that's my answer there. I think um, I think you're totally right. Tori is obviously the MVP. She killed it this week. She said it herself. Like, she had a big win. She got engaged. You know, it's a fucked up game. People are being idiotic, particularly Joss and Rogan. But, like, she's doing what she can. She's trying to make the best of the situation. Like, it's, you know, I get it. I'm with it. Um... But also, it's it's such a weird, fucked up season because Joss and Rogan, like, I'm really laying the blame at their doorstep. They've really fucked up this game. Other people have made dumb decisions. 
like a part of me feels bad for Jordan and Tori, but this whole situation would have been different if they hadn't flipped out so hard on Wes and thrown him in. No, I don't even think it's it's I think even just at this we can keep going back and say, hey, maybe they shouldn't have thrown in Georgia, right? And that was a huge mistake. Yeah. We can say, hey, they shouldn't have thrown in Theo, and that was a huge they, mistake. I mean, but at the end at of the, the day – club scene – go ahead. No, I was going to say at the end of the day, to recap just this episode alone, okay, they threw a challenge so that they could get the other team to put in one of their own girlfriends, Okay, which is a yeah. dumb game move and a dumb personal move because Kaylee is still there and you could throw in Kaylee. So <laughs> also by you throwing it, you could elect whoever you wanted to go in anyways. So by you throwing it, you then could have gotten in D on your own vote and they don't do that. Okay, so then they throw it. To try, and then they try to get the other team to do it without telling everyone. And the other team then tells everyone. So now something that you tried to keep secret is now public knowledge. And obviously your girlfriend finds out, she freaks out, and then you change your mind to put in another strong player. So you go from trying to make your team stronger and messing up your relationship to messing up your relationship and making your team weaker. <laughs> And you did this all by throwing the challenge yourself. That makes no sense. And that is, I feel like I've said this multiple times throughout the season, that that is the dumbest gameplay I've ever seen. But here oh. we are again where I'm saying that might be the dumbest gameplay I've ever seen. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And I was going to say, like, the when Jordan and Nani were criticizing Leroy... What they were talking about was when he backed up uh, Ninja to throw in uh, Jenny instead of Aster. Yeah. Right? And, like, it's just, it's continued, it's really spiraled out of control. And I have said again, like, two, three, four, five years from now, maybe even at the reunion, I doubt at the reunion, but maybe at some point, a lot of these people are going to look back and be like, oh, my God. Like, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Like I said, I think Jenny, Jordan, and Tori, Zach, uh, even Josh, who I have been critical of. Like, I think they can all look back and be like, yeah, I tried my best. Yeah. Like, I I did what I could given the situation. But there's, good, like, I don't know how Joss and Rogan in particular can, like, hang their hats on how they've, like, played this game this season. Like, I want to say I hope that for their sake that they win somehow, but I, I don't even know how that's going to happen. But also, I'm saying that because I don't even know how this season's going to go. And even if you, you look at the coming up next week, did you see that part? TJ's like, I, all right, whoever loses this challenge, you're out automatically. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, that's amazing, right? So, I don't know. Like, this is, it's been a fun season because it's been so, like, chaotic every single episode. But, wow, some bonehead gameplay again. But, hey, I am entertained. Yeah, I'm entertained. It, it gets me fired up every day. Um, like we said, it's better than coffee. Um, where can the good people find you on social media? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, and huge shouts to the people liking and subscribing to the podcast. Please rate us on um, iTunes and SoundCloud. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Tell your friends. The ratings are re- really key to what we're doing here, and we really appreciate it because it just lets us know that we are striking a chord with people. And you guys like it and are enjoying our conversations. And to be really honest, I love the feedback that we get on Twitter. Like, because it's funny to me to be to realize like, oh, this is when people are listening to us. Or like, oh, this yeah. is when people are watching the episodes. Because everyone, like, it's the age of the PVR. So you know that it's all fully on demand. So when people start flooding us with questions, which happens every single week, I find that so much fun. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Blazer Girl <laughs> who messaged me heading into last night's basketball game. And uh, the actual handle is at Blazer Girl 77. And it's funny because um, obviously she likes the challenge, right? And like that's how it started following me on Twitter. But obviously, with the handle Blazer Girl 77 obviously a fan of the Portland Trailblazers as well, <laughs> which has crossover appeal because as John mentioned off the top, uh, I do a basketball podcast and the Raptors played the Blazers last night. <laughs> and so it was just really funny because I did see the message earlier on in the day that was asking if I was ready for the big matchup tonight. And she wasn't talking about the challenge. <laughs> Sorry, here nope. it is. Are you ready for the big battle tomorrow night? And no, I'm not talking about the challenge. I'm talking about the Blazers versus the Raps. Rip City versus We the North. And so, yeah, that's just fun. That to me is, is you know, not why we do it, but it's a rewarding aspect, right? To see that you strike a chord with people and people start jumping on the other projects that we're doing as well. And that's just fun, right? Because yeah. we're having a conversation here, but... The way that we do it, we extend the conversation. And, you know, Heather is it who's always, like, tweeting at us in a stream every time, like, yep. every, each week as she listens to. Like, I enjoy that. It's so funny. Like, I'll be in the middle of work, and I'm just seeing this Twitter stream, and it, I'm, like, laughing out loud to the reactions that people are having. That's fun. So continue that. Really appreciate it. And, John, where can the people hit you up, man? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. Um, I liked how popular my response to Kara was uh, on our last episode. Yep. People really were amused by how strongly I felt, which in fairness is funny. I'm relatively monotone and uh, in life, like I don't get, I'm a pretty calm person, but then I got very fired up. It was uh, Sarah, oh God, I'm going to mispronounce this, Caselis. I feel like I said that right. Sarah Caselis. With confidence, with confidence. Yeah, with big energy, BDE, was saying how uh, much she enjoyed my all my emotions because I am not typically an emotional person. I'm typically very low-key, as are you. We are just just very calm, cool, stoic guys. Yeah, it was well-warranted, though, because, yeah, screw Kara. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I said fuck Kara, but sure, screw Kara. We, we can go PG for the last 30 seconds. Uh. <laughs> Until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.
everybody except Team UK and Carl.